Hey there, I'm Brandon and I'm the lead pastor here at Fairdale Christian Church. And we are so excited that you are joining us online for worship. Happy Sunday to you. And so, so glad to have you joining us today. Hey, we're, uh, we're a church that really believes that we want to be real people rooted in Jesus. That's the heartbeat of all that we do. And it really just describes who we want to be is we just want to be authentic we know that every person has got a little little different backstory, and we, we've all got a little bit of baggage, but that's okay because we come in, in this place, we come here together, and we know that the Lord wants to do something in us and in our lives, and that's why we want to be rooted in Jesus. And so I'm just excited that you're joining us today for worship. And just to let you know a little bit about what you're going to experience over the next hour, uh, we're going to have a time of worship, so you'll notice some singing. We've got a great praise and, and worship band that are going to be leading us in a few songs, which will really be an uplifting time, and we hope that you can participate and just enjoy that. We're also going to take the Lord's Supper communion together. So if you're at home, if you've got uh, maybe a cracker and maybe a little juice, you can join us in that as well. Just get those emblems ready, and when we come to that part in the service, We'd love to have you to join in and just remember Christ's sacrifice for us. That's what that time is really all about. And we're going to have a time of, of offering. We, we mention every week just the, the generosity of the people here at this church. And we could not do what we do without your generosity. And we so much appreciate that. It helps us do ministry here right in the south end of Louisville and so many lives are changed and impacted because of what the Lord is doing and we're just so excited to be a small part of that. You know, we've got some wonderful ministries around here uh, from birth all the way through those that are, are you know, our, our senior adults. And we're so excited. We'd love for you to be a part of that at some point. Hopefully, we have the chance to meet you. We'd love to get to know you a little bit. And uh, if you, uh, at the end of the service, want to know a little bit more about our church, we would love to invite you to join in uh, our virtual lobby. And right at the end of this service, you'll have an opportunity to jump on in a, in a little Zoom chat uh, where you can find some videos of different, highlighting different ministries around here and how you can be involved. Even though it's virtual, uh, we've got lots of opportunities for you to jump in as well. So we're just so excited that you're joining us today. And, uh, and I tell you what, there's nothing like Sunday morning worship. And we're gonna, you're going to get an opportunity to hear some teaching. If you're new, if this is maybe your first time or you, you've been watching a little bit, We'd love for you to type in, I'm new, in the chat. We have some hosts that are, are standing by, and they would love to connect with you. And we've got a special gift that we'd like to send your way, a $5 Amazon card. So if you'll just type in the chat, hey, I'm new, one of our online hosts will connect with you. Thank you so much for joining us here at Fairdale Christian Church, and we can't wait to get to Good morning. We want to invite you to stand with us this morning. Part of the reason we gather is to remind ourselves who we are, that our identity is in Christ first, and we're going to sing about that a little bit this morning. Ready? I was walking the wayside, lost on a lonely road. I was chasing the high life, trying to satisfy my soul. I believed in crying like the rain. Then I saw lightning from heaven, and I've never been the same. Come on, I'm going to climb a mountain. I'm 
Let's sing this to remind ourselves today. Nothing can change the way you love me. Nothing can change the way I belong to you. Yes, I do. Nothing can separate. Lift your voice. Nothing can change the way you love me. Nothing can change the way I belong to you. Yes, I do. Nothing can separate. I'm going to climb a mountain. I am a child of love. I found a world of freedom. I am a child of love. Yeah. I'm going to climb a mountain. I'm going to shout about it. Place. 
are and who we're called to be today. Let's not forget what God has done for us. In our moments of weakness, in our moments of, of doubt, in our moments where we are struggling, let's run to the Father. Let's run to Him. Let's be in His presence and seek Him. Sing this together today.
your power we acknowledge your strength and Lord we may not always understand but Lord we know that you're good and we trust you we praise you and thank you in Christ's name amen as we take communion together today remember Christ's goodness and what he has done for you Good morning. We are glad that you guys are with us today and uh, thankful that you're a part participating in our worship service. If you're here in person or if you're here joining us online, we're honored that you spend the morning here together. And uh, my name's Phil. I'm part of the Next Steps team and uh, love to meet you, especially if you're new here. Um, if you may be the first time or someone's invited you, you've been coming for a little bit and it just feels like home, we would love to meet you. Uh, right out in the lobby after the service, you'll see a, a wall that says next steps. Um, in your, in, I think we can say this now, I believe, in the jacket pocket of the seat in front of you, there's a little card that says belong. If you'd like to fill that out and bring it to the next steps area if you're new, uh, we got a little gift just to say thanks for coming and uh, allow us an opportunity to introduce ourselves. So if that's, the, if that's you, we'd love to see you after the service. Also want to remind you about Starting Point uh, tonight at uh, 5 p.m. in the warehouse. It's still not too late to sign up. We've got about 15 guests that are going to be there tonight, along with staff and elders and uh, some volunteers. But if you'd like to be a part of that, 
we welcome you to do that. You can talk to us uh, in the Next Steps area afterwards, and we'll get you registered. But it's about two hours from 5 to 7. Uh, Brandon unpacks what Fairdale Christian's all about and maybe talks about some steps, uh, a step that pertaining to you, something that you need to, to do in your life, a step that you need to take, whether it's accepting Christ, getting baptized, uh, joining a group, finding a place to serve, whatever it might be, uh, those questions will be answered tonight. So we'd love to have you come and be a part of it. We've got a great meal planned, and there's stuff for the kids. If you have kids, let us know. And we, we can take care of them as well. I also want to remind our ladies, uh, we've got a big event coming up, the uh, Women's Spring Celebration. And uh, it's almost full, but I think they still have a few seats left. So they can talk to somebody out in the lobby immediately following the service today if there's tickets still available. And one of the vertical TVs will have this logo there. And somebody will be there to talk with you, and uh, you can pick up a ticket there. But we'd love to have all the ladies participate on May the 8th, we'd love to have you be a part of that. I'm going to bring up Miss Kathy Osmus. Uh, you heard last week from Brandon talking about how we are going to be hosting a vaccine site. And Miss Kathy is kind of kind of be our point person uh, for the church with Norton's. And so we would like for her to just tell you a little bit more about it. And if you're interested, how you can get plugged in. Good morning. On May the 11th, we're going to host the vaccination clinic here at Fairdale Christian Church. We are the only clinic in this part of town, so we really want to get the word out to everyone that they can come here on May the 11th and they can get their vaccination. We're going to be able to do 500 vaccinations that day, which is amazing, amazing. So we have the area where normally our children sign in right over on this side set up with computers where today you guys can sign up and get the prime spots to get your vaccination. So come see me afterwards and we'll get you all signed up or Don's out there. You can, he can help you too. The day of the vaccination clinic, we need some folks to love on people, people to open doors and greet and just be here. So if you're interested on May the 11th to do that, find me in the lobby and we will uh, get you all signed up. Uh, we will be having the Pfizer vaccine, which means the folks will return on June 1st. So there again, if you'd like to love on some Fairdale people, let me know and we'll get you signed up. Oh, yes. Oh, so excited. I can't believe I forgot to tell you. <sighs> Next Sunday, we are starting kids small groups, which will happen at the 11 o'clock hour. And all of our teachers are back. Miss Shirley, Miss Elisa, Miss Ashley, Miss April, myself will all be teaching uh, the kids. And we're super excited to open that back up to our kids. And it'll be in their regular classrooms they've been meeting at. And uh, it's going to be an exciting time for our kids, and we're glad for that next step. Aren't you all glad yes. for that? As things are starting to open up, another big uh, exciting thing that's happening for our kids and students is White Mills Camp will be open again this summer. They were closed down last year. And today uh, we've got a special guest, the, the, the manager from the camp, is going to be here, and I'll let Brandon introduce him a little bit. But if you don't know what White Mills Christian Camp is all about, here's just a little taste. Watch the screen.
Well, hey, I'd like to introduce Ben Fulcher, who's the camp director. He's going to come up and just say a few words for us. So, Ben, if you're in here, is he in here? I can't even see. I'm here. There he is, yeah. He's wearing black, so I couldn't really see you out there. <laughs> but ben, we're glad you could he be here today. We want to share a few words with the folks here. Most certainly. Thank you. Good morning, church. White Mills Christian Camp has uh, had a long, long history of uh, being a place where God's spirit connects with people. If you've been there, you know that. I would ask you to raise your hands, but I couldn't see you anyway, right? You can't see anything out there. But uh, we're excited to be here this morning. It is a time to go back. A lot of missed opportunities this past year, and so we've got some ground to make up for. The programs that we have this year are fantastic. The camp's better than it's ever been. Some of you have asked, how's the camp? It's so beautiful, and we're so ready for kids from four years old through high school to be uh, connected uh, and come and be a part of uh, God, uh, connect with him. And we thank this church for uh, the way that you support the camp. Uh, you've had a long, long history of sending kids and support to the camp, and we thank you for that. Uh, uh, it's time. It's time to go back. So today is camp day, registration day. Kelly and I will be back there. Come get a brochure and sign up, and uh, we hope to see all of you this summer. Thank you. Thank you, Ben. And you know, I, I tell you, camp is such a great experience, and if you sign up, and we, we believe in camp, a significant portion of our budget every year goes to support uh, the ministry there, and if you sign your child or grandchild up through our church, uh, we, we pay half of the registration. So uh, if you want to do that, you, you should take advantage of that and sign up through Fairdale Christian. And, uh, and like I said, we'll, we'll meet you halfway there. And uh, we don't want any, anything to be a barrier. If there are financial needs, talk to us about that. And, uh, and we've, got, we've got scholarships available. We, we just want kids to go. So uh, just looking forward to this summer and a little bit of normal. Just be nice, won't it? Just looking forward to that. Well, I, uh, I started this series a few weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, called Let It Soak. And I kind of told you about that and the, the idea behind it of just there's some things you just got to stop and, and pause at for a few minutes. And what are the things in Scripture that God just wants us not to blow past, but to stop and to, and to just kind of pause there and, and let, it, let it soak into us? And, and the question that I really want to wrestle with today is this, is how often... Do we believe that God can do something, but we're not convinced that he, he will do it for us? I've heard a lot of people say things like, I know God can forgive other people of their sins, but you, you don't know what I've done. I'm not sure if God will forgive me for this. Or I know that God can heal, and I've heard stories, and I've heard testimonies, and, and I know that God can could do that, but I'm not sure if, if God would heal the person that, that I would be praying for. And, and I, I know, I've heard people say, I, I know that God can help people overcome addictions, but I'm not sure that he'll do that for me. How often do we think, I know that God's word says that when, when I'm generous, when I give, he, he calls me to tithe, to give 10% of my income back to him. And I know that his word says that he'll bless me and he'll, he'll throw open the, the floodgates and, and there'll be blessings in my life. And I, I know that and I hear that and I believe that that happens for some people, but I'm not convinced that God will do that for me. I'm just not willing to try. You know, I know that God is a God who answers prayers, but many people say when I pray, it just seems like things go the opposite direction. This is a, a problem that many of us have. I would say most of us in this room, we, we have this issue, it's, it's not, that we, it's not that we don't believe in God. 
I don't think that's the issue. I'm assuming that every person in this room, I know to varying degrees, I know that we're, we're kind of all over the spectrum a little bit, and we're, some of us are just kind of taking baby steps towards him. Some people have been in relationship with him for years, but, and we, we still may be seeking. We may have a ton of questions, and, and I, I'm not sure where you're at, but, but the problem is, is we sort of believe. We have a, a sort of faith, and I'm going to argue that's most of us in this room today. We're sort of believers. You know, we, 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 why, why do I say that? It's because this is, the, this is the hardest bridge to cross. This is the most difficult thing. This is really where the rubber meets the road. The most difficult decision that you're ever going to make your, in your life is crossing the bridge from belief to trust. And there's a big difference between I believe in God and I trust Him. That's a very difficult bridge. And, and most of us in this room, we believe in God. But if we were being honest with each other, we just don't trust Him very much. It's hard to trust my life in the hands of someone that I can't see. And, and you know, do, what do I know? You know what, what do we do with that? Well, there's a guy in Mark chapter 9 in the New Testament that I want us to look at today. And, and I mentioned this last week. I touched on this story just to kind of set it up a little bit so we could go deeper today. This is one of the most heart-wrenching stories, I think, in the Bible. You've got a father with a son. And the father brings his son. And this guy, he, he sort of believed. I would say he, he, he had a sort of faith. And you set the context for it a little bit. Jesus is, is walking up on some teachers of the law. There's like some Pharisees there. His disciples are there. Everybody's arguing it's just this crowd of people and they're just shouting and arguing at each other and jesus basically said hey what's going on what, what is happening here what's all the fuss about and this guy piped up in verse 17 this is what it says it says one of the men in the crowd spoke up and he said teacher i have brought my son so that you could heal him he's possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk now if we read on in the story we would know that this this kid has got some major issues. This is really, really terrible. He's, he's possessed by this spirit and did horrible things to him. Is torturing him, throwing him down, trying to throw him in fire and water to, to burn him or, or drown him. And the father is bringing his son to Jesus. And I believe that this, is, this captures the greatest personal pain that any of us could ever face. There's one thing for me to hurt. It's one thing if you've got some kind of chronic thing going on that causes you pain every day and you don't know what to do with that and it's, you know, it can really wear on you. I know that that can be really a grind and very difficult, but that's one thing. But it's much worse when it's one of your kids. When it's one of your children and there's nothing you can do about it to watch one of your kids suffer. I think that's the greatest pain that any of, any of us can go through in this life. And look at how this verse, how it unfolds. It says in verse 18, whenever this spirit seizes my son, it throws him violently to the ground. Then he foams at the mouth and he grinds his teeth and he becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to, to help him to cast out this evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. And Jesus said to them, you faithless people... How long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. 
So they brought the boy, and, but when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion, and he fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. I mean, this is a heartbreaking scene. I just can't imagine what this must have been like. And Jesus just said, how long has this been happening? And he replied, since he was a little boy. Now, I think in the next verse, this is, this is, really, this is really key. He says that the Spirit often throws him into the fire or into water trying to kill him. And that captures, in my mind, that captures the heart of this situation. This guy's living in terror every day of his life. This father, I mean, you, you think what the lengths that you would go to for your, for your kid. If it was life or death, I mean, there's not a doctor, there's not a, a, a place that you wouldn't, no stone that you wouldn't turn over trying to get help for your kid. And I've known some people like that that have gone broke, you know, spent every last dime to fly to the best hospitals and get in and wait on waiting lists and, and just doing everything that they can. And there's no doubt in this story, it's probably cost this father who knows how much money. And, and he's probably taken him different places and tried different medicines. He's probably had to miss work. I don't know what this guy, we don't know a whole lot about this guy. But I'm sure he's probably not working because he can't leave his son alone. Their life has to be extremely difficult, full of difficult choices. You know, and, and some of you know all about that. You know what it's like to make a tough choice. Do I eat or do I get my kid their medicine? You know, those are tough choices. Do I leave my kid at home by themselves because school's out and I have to go to work, do I, do I leave them there and, and, and just hope everything goes okay? Or do I miss work and not get paid and then I don't know how we're going to eat? Do I quit my job to take care of my aging parent? Or do we look into nursing homes? I mean, those are difficult decisions. There's no easy answers there. So maybe we have a little sympathy for this guy when he says to Jesus, he says, have mercy on us. And help us if you can. You know, you read that and you might think, well, doesn't he know who he's talking to? Come on, man, what are you doing? But you understand, if you've been faced with those kind of decisions, you've been faced with those kind of doubts and those issues, you know it's difficult. You wonder, I know that maybe God can, but I don't know if God will. Now that word, if, in this passage, I think it, it really captures the issue for so many people. God, if you can. If you can, please do. If you're willing, please act. If you're good, why don't you do something? Why aren't you doing anything? Why is it that for so many of us that would, we, we call ourselves faithful Christians, you know, hey, I, I attend church at least semi-regularly, you know, I, I, try to, I try to be a good person. You know, why is it that for so many of us that we have an if in the back of our minds? Why, why is that when it comes to these things of faith? Why do so many of us doubt i think this is the problem that we have it's not that we don't believe god can it's that we we just don't know if god will is he going to do this for me i chewed on this verse this past week i spent way too much time i mean hours just on this one phrase digging into the, the original text reading commentaries i called pastor friends i even got to meet with a, a guy he's a former professor a Bible college professor, and I'm just like, hey, can you help me understand this verse? And I, if, you're, if you don't mind, I just want to nerd out on you a little bit, because what I figured out about this verse, for me, it changed the whole context. It changed the story for me. So I'm talking to people that are way smarter than me, 
And they, they talk about in, in the Greek language, which is what the New Testament was written in, their words, it's just hard to, for us to understand this, but their words that don't translate into English. Because in the Greek language, there's some words that they're, I, I call them picture words. There's like one word, but it's describing a whole, a whole thing. You would immediately get the picture in your mind. Like, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. So that one little word, for us, it might take two sentences to try to, to get there. And, and in the Greek language, there are things that are called conditional sentences. And basically, it's just kind of, it, it's, a, it's a way of kind of setting up an argument or, you know, a way of phrasing things. And this sentence is what's known as a first-class conditional sentence. <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> you guys are like, come on, Brandon. <laughs> but I, I, I'm nerding out. But basically, what, what that sums up to, what it boils down to, is it means if something, then something. So, like, if, if this happens, then, then that happens. And so that, that's what is, what's taking place here. And, and so what basically this guy is saying in Mark chapter 9, verse 22, the Father is saying to Jesus, if you're able, and I assume that you are, that's what he's saying. If you're able, Jesus, if you can, and I assume that you have the ability to do something. He, he knows, it's, it's, Lord, I know you could do this. I know you could do this. I assume you've got the power. I assume you're not lying about who you are. So why won't you? Will you? Will you step up? Will you? you know, that's the hardest bridge to cross. It's from belief. Yeah, I see you there. I know that you're there. I, I believe that you exist. To, I trust you. I know that you will. I, I'm, I'm putting my full confidence in you. I love how the message version translates this verse. It says, if you can do anything, do it. Have a heart, man, and help us. You, you, get, the, you get a little bit more of it right there. What he's saying is, come on, come on, man. Will you do something? Why is it that so many of us doubt? Can we just, can we just be honest? For a minute about this because this is real stuff and I, I can think of a few reasons why we doubt a lot of this doubt comes from guilt it's that I don't know if I even deserve God to move in my life because I know some of the things that I've done and so I don't know that God would would show up for me I think that's one reason another reason I think a lot of it comes from the fact that God doesn't always do what we would do you know, we'll be honest, when you, when you think about it, a lot of us, we're pretty, we're, we're pretty prideful. You know, we think we could do God's job better than he could. You know, if I were in charge, I'd do it like this. I'd, I'd have the whole world fixed in, you know, five minutes, right? We think we could do it better than he could. And, and if, if the father in this account, if this guy had God's power, I guarantee you that this boy would have been healed a long time ago said that he suffered for many years. You know, I mean, the bottom line is this. We just want to say, God, sometimes you just don't seem to be doing things the right way. I mean, don't, don't you feel that sometimes? You know, this doesn't, if I were you, I would have done this so much differently. How often do we pray for someone to get better and they get worse and they die? How often do we pray for a job and we're trying to do the right thing and yet someone with less experience and that has less qualifications, they get the job because some political thing happened and we're back to square one. How many times does God not do what we think he should do? 
I think doubts come from there. And I think another place that doubts also creep in is because we have tried some things that didn't work out. We've tried before. You know, here's something I've been thinking about this week. Let this, let this soak for a minute. We would prefer the safety of doubt over the risk of disappointment. I think that's what holds a lot of us back. Is because I don't know that I want to step out. I don't know that I want to put my neck out and trust. Because what if God lets me down? So I'll stay here in the safe place of doubting. Rather than risk stepping out and, and being disappointed. How often will we not even offer a prayer because we're afraid God will say no. So I'm not going to bother. God, I'm just not going to mess with it. Sometimes it's just easier to doubt than it is to risk being disappointed. And I think that that breaks God's heart. I think it does. You know, there are times that I, I may say no to one of my kids. It happens a lot. There are a lot of times that they come up with some great idea and they see it and they think, Dad, I mean, just a few weeks ago, one of my sons came to me and dad we got the best idea we're going to get a rope we're going to tie it from the deck our, our backyard's a big hill we're going to tie it from the deck to a tree down at the end and i'm going to grab a pipe and we're going to slide down the rope it'd be like a zip line dad isn't that help us tie this rope up I'm like no <laughs> and i mean i crushed their little dreams but what i know that they don't know is that's a surefire way to break your arm in five seconds you know it's not going to work the way that you think it's going to work trust me how do i know that because i've tried those dumb things before <laughs> i say no but just because i say no doesn't mean i don't want them to keep coming to me it doesn't mean i don't want a relationship with them it doesn't mean that i don't love them it doesn't mean that i i'm not crazy about them just because i say no it doesn't mean that i'm Saying, away from me, you know, I, I'm so disappointed in you. That doesn't mean that at all. It just means, hey, listen, I can see a little further down the road than you can. No. This isn't a good idea. This is not the way things need to go. It's easy to, to stay in the safety of doubt. Maybe for you, you've tried some things that didn't work. This father tried some things that didn't work with his son. He's taken him different places. He took him to the disciples, and he said, well, your disciples couldn't do anything. Maybe you read a book on spiritual growth. You know, you got a, a little fire in you and you said, I, I want to go deeper in my faith. And so you went and bought a book and you read the seven steps to whatever and it didn't work. Or maybe you joined a small group and you, you say, well, I keep hearing about that. And okay, that, that you know, we're, this is a good thing and you know, life is better in, in relationships and groups. And so you joined a small group and you said, man, it just wasn't a good fit. And, uh, or you joined a church and you started listening to Christian radio or you sent some money to some place or you tried to stop doing something bad or you tried to start doing something good you tried religion you tried praying and things just went south I was meeting with a guy this has been a few years back this guy he came here on a Sunday morning and uh, I mean first time he'd never been to a church ever and came here and heard some things and it just I mean it was just like a light switch went off and he's just I mean he's bawling I'm kind of worried about him because he's just falling apart and he said I got to talk to you got to talk to you and so we met like the next day and had coffee and talking about the Lord and, and, uh, and we're sitting right there outside of a Starbucks and this guy is just pouring his life out and accepted Jesus and we're praying and I'm like, man, what a moment this is. This is awesome. I'm like, I can't wait to see how this guy's story plays out. And it wasn't a week or two later, he's gone, dropped off the face of the earth. I couldn't get a hold of him anymore, just gone. I thought, 
what in the world happened? You were so on fire there for a moment, and then, and now what? How many times do we try something, we feel something, and then it just, it just doesn't work out? And the father in this story, maybe he had some similar faith struggles. Here he was, his son was hurting. He did the only thing he knew that he could do. He brought his son for one more try of something else. He brought him to Jesus. He's doing the best he can, but his faith is just not all the way there. He sort of believes. Look at, the, look at how this plays out in verse 22. He says, have mercy on us. Help us if you can. And Jesus has almost like this surprise response when he says, what do you mean if I can? What do you mean by that? You know, maybe you've heard some things about me. Are you just, you just talking about my reputation? Or do you really trust me? Do you know me? He says, anything's possible if a person believes. In the next verse, the father instantly cried. I mean, just instantaneous. The moment happens, he drops to his knees and he says, I do believe. I do believe. But help me overcome my unbelief. Other translations say, help me with my doubts. Help me with this, Jesus. I don't know what to do. Help me cross the bridge. I want to move from belief to trust. I want to trust you, but this is really, really painful. If you've ever had a child that suffered, you know, you know exactly what that feels like. I've not had that, but I can only imagine what that must be like. To say, God, I, I want to trust you right now, but I'm really struggling. The word believe, when Jesus says anything's possible, if a person believes, it means trust. It means to place confidence in. And from deep within him, this guy, he cried out with every bit of emotion, every bit of desperation. You've got to see this, this account and let it come to life with you. He says, I do believe Sort of. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of there. Do you ever feel like that? I, I do believe, but not completely. Help me, Jesus. Help me overcome my unbelief. And the Greek word for unbelief is the word apostia. And it, it literally means, it means actively disbelieving it means a a passively untrusting person in other words i do believe but i still have pockets of doubt i do i do believe but what do we do when we're there well what i'm not going to do with a little bit of time i got left i'm not going to give you six steps here okay I, i don't have three points and boom 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 and we're out of here that's not the way this is going to work. We're going to, have to, we're going to have to let the tension soak a little bit on this. We're going to have to keep seeking. But the one thing that I see in Scripture, and there's really only one thing that I see here, is that it tells us one thing. And the Bible says that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. And so I believe that as you hear the Word of God, and as you spend time reading God's word, that God is the one who gives and builds faith. It doesn't come from me. It doesn't come because I can build a really good argument. But God, the Holy Spirit, is the one who will build your faith. He will increase it. So I'm not going to give you different steps. But what I will do is I want to do what this father did. And I want to kind of mirror what he did to let Jesus honor his faith. The first thing that we see of the Father is simply this. We've got to learn the principle that we have to be honest 
about our doubts. Honesty really is the best policy. We do not, listen, we do not have to fake it until we make it. That's not what following Jesus is about. It is not about me trying to put on a really good show and we all pretend. That's not at all. And I see this in scripture. That's what this father did. He says, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. Help me with this. I got pockets of doubt. I read a quote from a, a British theologian, Oz Guinness, this week, written some fantastic books on faith and doubting. And this is a quote that, that he had I, I just wanted to share with you. He said, remember the character of doubt. Just remember what, what this is all about. Contrary to widespread misunderstanding, doubt is not the same as unbelief. So it, it's not the opposite of faith. Rather, it is a state of mind in suspension between faith and unbelief. To believe is to be in one mind about accepting something as true. To disbelieve is to be in one mind about rejecting it. But to doubt is to waver somewhere in between the two. And thus, to be in two minds. Do you feel that? I feel that. This important distinction uncovers a major misconception of doubt. The idea that a believer betrays their faith and surrenders to unbelief by doubting. It's okay. It is okay to be honest about your doubts. You can be honest. As you study the life and ministry of Jesus, there is one, one thing that he couldn't stand. The only place that I see anywhere in Scripture where Jesus was furious with a group of people. It wasn't with the sinners. It wasn't with the doubters. It was not with the people who just didn't know or needed some more time or had some questions. He never had any patience or tolerance for fake faith. He couldn't stand it. Pharisees, they would pretend. They would act like they were so holy. They would they would try to come off like they were so righteous, and Jesus would rip into them for it. He let them have it, and I promise you guys, I promise you, I would rather have a church full of people with faltering faith than I would a church full of people with fake faith. That's why we want to be real people. That's what that means. We want to be real people. You come in here just as you are. You got doubts? Great. I, I have questions myself. There are things that I can't wait to get to heaven because I say, God, you got to help me understand this. It's never made sense. That's okay. You can be a real person, but let's be rooted in Jesus. Let's grow. Let's continue to seek. Let's continue to pursue him. Because when we do that, the Lord will bless us. I don't want you to come in here where you've been fighting with a family in the car and everybody's mad at each other. And, and we walk in and say, well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Did a great day today. We're so happy. We're so blessed. Everybody's great. You know, be honest about your faith struggles. I remember one of my first real struggles uh, with doubt as a young, I was a young pastor, you know, just really wet behind the ears, and I had lots of struggles as a kid. I've told you about some of the stories of that, and, and when I was growing up with my dad and different problems I went through, but after I was in ministry, okay, I'm, I'm married and, and all this stuff, I was driving, we, we were, you know, Megan and I, we were so in love, but we were so in love and broke. We had, no, I mean, we, all we had was love, and that was about it, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And, uh, and I was driving this old beater of a truck, an old Ford Ranger, called it the, <laughs> so stupid. 
I called it the danger ranger. Because <laughs> I felt like I was in danger sometimes of driving it. But uh, if you've ever driven a Ford, you know what Ford stands for, right? F-O-R-D, found on road dead, man. That is, that, it was a piece. <laughs> but, uh, but I had a CB, and I, I mean, I love it. I was redneck. Oh, it was great. But uh, I, the pro, one day I, I went to start my truck, and it, it wouldn't start. It, it would turn over, but the engine wouldn't fire, and, and, uh, and, and I, I thought, I don't have the money to fix this thing. I'm not a mechanic. I mean, I, I'm useless when it comes to that kind of stuff. And, I, and, and so I, I kid you not, if I, am, if I am lying to you right now, I'm dying. This is a 100% true story. I'm going, the truck won't fire up. I'm like, oh, I don't have the money to fix this. What am I going to do? So I, I popped the hood, opened it up, and I laid hands on the engine. <laughs> and I prayed for it. <laughs> and I thought, my God can fix anything. If you raise Lazarus from the dead, Lord, you can make this truck fire up. Lord, I'm serving you. I'm loving you. I don't have any money. I'm just a poor, broke old preacher. God, I, if you're ever going to show up in my life, I need you to show up. I mean, it was so, it was so over-the-top prayer. I could have been a, on TV evangelist. You know I mean? This is a great prayer. I prayed for this truck. And I'm like, all right, I'm trusting you, God. And I slammed that hood down. I got back in. And I, I kid you not, that truck fired right up. <laughs> Glory to God. I love that you are clapping for that, but, but I, I'm, I'm not a mechanic, but it's possible that I knocked something loose the way I was slapping on it, like, Holy Ghost preacher, man, I was getting it, so I, I, I was thinking, man, I've got the power, <laughs> I, I mean, I can heal, you know, and man, it's, it's something else, but a few months after that, a few months after that. I mean, I'm still, I'm still feeling tingly from that. A few months later, and there's a guy in our church that had just been diagnosed, I mean, kind of out of the blue, with this uh, a brain tumor. It was cancerous. And, they, and the doctor just said, hey, listen, this is, you know, you're not going to survive this. And they came to us, and they said, man, we believe that God can do anything. And he's, you know, he's married and has some grown children, but, uh, you know, grandkids. And, oh, I just, I want to be able to watch my grandkids. And. He said, I believe that God could heal me. I really believe that. And I said, I do too. And so they asked me to pray for him. And he wanted me to anoint him with oil, which that's, you know, it's a biblical thing. It's the sign of the Holy Spirit, you know. And uh, so we had him in front of the church, me and the elders. We did that, anointed him with oil, prayed for him. And, and man, I, I'm like, I know that this guy is going to be healed. And I couldn't wait. He had a doctor's appointment that week. I couldn't wait for him to go. Because I'm like, I know you're going to come back and say, man, it's gone. Oh, my goodness, some miracle's happening, you know. And guess what happened? He died. And I thought, Lord, you can heal my stupid truck. It doesn't amount to anything. I mean, who cares? Who cares about this truck? But this guy, he's got a family. You know, this is, if we ever needed you to show up, this was it. This was the moment. And, and nothing, I mean, that, that rattled me. And I'm not going to pretend like it didn't. It, it did. See, the fastest way to healing in the presence of God is with authenticity. 
not with fake faith. It's not when we stand there and pretend that that didn't hurt or that, oh, well, you know, it doesn't matter. It does matter. And we do have real questions. And when we come before the Lord with those honest questions, I believe that he's big enough to handle that. I think he can handle that. And I think that that allow, when we open ourselves up and say, God, I'm really hurt right now. This really makes no sense to me. But when we come to him vulnerably like that, then we allow him a chance to work on us. And I know some of you have had struggles like that. Just be honest. There's no sense in pretending that we're something that we're not. The first thing we see with this father, he was honest about his faith struggles. And the next thing that we see him do, and what we need to mirror, is we act on the faith that we have. However small that may be. If it's the size of a mustard seed, then so be it. You know, the Bible says that if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, great things can be done. Mountains can be moved, you know. But we act on the faith that we have. I was meeting with one of our church members this past week that had been through plenty of struggles. And one thing that he, he said to me, I thought this was so profound. He said, you know, I've gotten to the point in my spiritual walk where I, I pray to God and say, Lord, I know that I am not willing right now. And I know that you want me to put this down. I know that whatever this is that I'm hanging on to, I know you want me to let it go. And I know that you're right and I know that I'm wrong. But right now, I can't do it. I just can't. And I'm struggling. So take my will and motivate me and energize me. Do whatever you got to do to help me do that. See, that when I started praying like that, all of a sudden I felt God really moving in me in a new way. I know that, sound, that, that prayer, to me, it sounds a lot like what this father said to Jesus. Help me. Help me overcome my doubts. Help me with, through this. Help me cross that bridge. We have to act on the faith that we have. And as we see God move in our life, he will help our faith to grow. He'll be doing the work there. Jesus did not condemn this father for his lack of faith. He didn't beat him up. He, he did not say, well, nice try, pops. Go home and you come on back when you got a little more faith. Because right now, I'm disappointed in you, so I'm not even going to mess with you. You know, is this the best that you can do for your son? You come here and say, oh, well, you know, I, I believe, but help me. No, instead, Jesus honored his faith. He honored that I sort of believe faith. Jesus was the one who said, even if you have faith as small as the size of a mustard seed, pray and watch me move. Watch me show up. Act on whatever faith you have. If your child is running from the Lord and you say, I'm beating my head against the wall. I don't know what to do. We didn't raise them like this. They're not interested in church. They're not interested in the Lord. They're doing things that just break my heart. And I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do about that. You don't have the faith to believe that your child will come home. Then all you, and all you can do is tell your child you're praying for him. That's a great place to start. Just say, hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you. I love you. It's a great place to start. Act on whatever you can do. If financially you're stressed and you say, you know, I, I know what God says about being generous. And I know he says I should trust him in that. But I, 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 I don't know that I'm there and I can only give a little something. Then give a little something. And believe that God will use that. And watch then as he shows up and, and, and blesses that. And if you don't have the faith to believe that God could actually heal a person in your life, you say, this person is terminally sick and, and I, I don't even want to pray. I feel like I'd rather live in the, the safety of doubt then stick my neck out there. Then maybe just, if you've got a little bit of faith, say, Lord, help them to live one more day. One more day. If I could just have one more day, maybe, maybe then uh, I could share your love with them. Whatever it is, act on that. 
heard this past week about this animal. It's called an African impala. And these things can jump like nobody's business, these creatures. They can jump like 10 feet straight up in the air. I mean, they're just like Air Jordan, you know. It's crazy. They, they, it's pretty awesome. But when they keep them in zoos, they keep them confined with a wall that's only three foot high. And you think, well, why? They could easily jump over. I mean, no problem. Without even giving them half of an effort, they could jump over that. You think, why, how can a three-foot-tall wall keep these animals enclosed? It's because that animal will not jump if it can't see where it's going to land. If it doesn't know, if it can't see, this is where my feet are going to land, they won't jump over it because they, they, they can't see. How often are we like that? Lord, I don't, I don't know what's over there, so I, I don't know that I want to jump. One of the greatest stories of faith in the Bible is in the Old Testament. I'm just going to close with this, but I, I, I had to share this with you. I love this story of three Hebrew boys, teenage boys. They were named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I remember learning about them in Sunday school when I was a kid, but I, I, I think I missed the real power as a, as a kid. You know, we had little songs about them, but it's a great story. They had such great faith, these three boys, had such great faith that it disturbed the king. And they wouldn't bow down to his idols. They were worshiping the Lord. And the king wanted them to worship his idols that everybody else worshiped. So he brought them in. And he said, boys, if you will not bow down to these idols and worship them, I'm going to have you executed. I'm gonna throw, he said, I've got a, he had a fiery furnace, this big, huge cauldron that they lit a fire under, up under it. And he said, I'm going to throw you in there if you won't bow down and worship these idols. And there, it's in Daniel chapter 3. Two of the greatest statements of faith in the whole Bible, I believe. The second greatest statement is this one. In verse 17, they said, Well, king, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, then the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. That's the second greatest statement of faith, I think. Our God can. Our God can. Here's the greatest statement of faith, though. The next verse. But even... If he doesn't, even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you that, your majesty, we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue that you have set up. That's real faith. That's when it moves from belief to trust. We say, God, I, I know that your ways are higher than my ways. And I know that your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. And I don't understand this. But I choose to trust you in it. Doesn't make sense. I still got questions. But I choose to trust you. When you say, I, I'm going to make it clear. I'm not going to bow down to anyone else. But my King Jesus. That's faith. Our God is able and our God will. The leap of faith, even if my feet do not land where I think they should. God is still sovereign. And he's still got me. And he will be by my side. He is all-knowing and ever-present. And he is all-powerful. His ways will continue to be higher than my ways. And I, I will not doubt the goodness or the presence of God. Even if he doesn't do what I think. He's still faithful. That's a journey, my friends. Nobody here is going to beat you up if you're not there right now. 
I'm not, and I'm not trying to wave the flag and say and, and muster up some fake faith and say, yes, so we're all going to be there right now. We're going to trust no matter what. What I'm, what I'm saying, my challenge to you is just be vulnerable enough to come before the Lord and say, Lord, help me. Like this father did, help me. Just help me. And if that's the only prayer that you can muster, just two words, that's the greatest prayer you may ever pray. Just help me. Let's pray together. Lord, help us. There's so many things that we don't understand. There's so many struggles that we go through that don't make sense. They may not make sense for the rest of our lives here. Lord, I don't want any of us to put on a mask and pretend that things are fine when they're not. So help us to be honest before you, Lord. Help us to come before you with our scars and our fears and our anxiety and our anger. Anything else that we feel today, help us to bring that before you, Lord. And help us. Thank you for loving us. Even when we run as far in the opposite direction as we possibly can. Thank you for meeting us right where we are. Lord, I thank you that we have a good God and a loving Savior in Jesus. It's in his mighty name I pray. Amen. Let's stand together and worship him. out today.
thanks so much for joining us today for worship at Fairdale Christian Church. And if you're ready to take a next step, maybe you've got questions about your faith or about this church, we would love the opportunity to come alongside you in that. You can go to our website and find the link that best describes you there. Or we'd love to invite you to hang around with us and join our virtual lobby experience. It's just a Zoom chat. The hosts will have the information there for you right in the chat. But uh, please jump on. We'd love to meet you and put a face to the name. God bless you. Thanks for being with us here this week. And we hope you join us next weekend.